Get Equipped. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 26 of the uh, Get Equipped podcast. As always, my name is Cody, and uh, tonight I am not joined by Cass and Sophie as I am usually. They are unfortunately, well actually I guess it's very fortunately, that they are, they're, they're finishing up moving. And uh, I, I can relate to that, so I'm like, yes, please take the week off, because moving moving is awful. So instead, uh, I have the sax-tastic Nick himself. Nick, how's it going tonight, man? Pretty good. How you doing? So far, so good. I've uh, been watching bits and pieces of the Game Awards and uh, just trying to plan out my weekend. Uh, it's not going well so far, but, uh, and uh, you know, we've also got another guest with us tonight. Um, and this is going to be great because I don't have to ask him what his Twitter and all is because he doesn't have one. Uh, Isaac, how's it going, man? Uh, you know, uh, it's going great. Uh, I do have a Twitter. I just only used it once. I tweeted with no followers, so I just sent one thought kind of out into the ether, and I was like, I think I'm done with Twitter. Yeah, you should come back now because now it's post wasteland. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's kind of uh, kind of great. So. Uh, but yeah, let us know if you ever make one. But yeah, welcome, welcome, my man. So you've never, uh, this is like your first real podcast episode, right? That is, that is correct. Cool. So why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because you're, you're an enigma and no one knows anything about you. That's valid. I don't myself. Um, I uh, am not involved in um, any, any big communities in terms of uh, gaming or media. I'm just an engineer, but um, I do cool shit. Um, on my uh, on my downtime, I like to uh, tinker with electronics, build uh, Tesla coils and other sort of high voltage nonsense. Um, and uh, Cody and I have been buddies for um, almost literally our entire lives, so we're good and sick of each other, even though we love each other. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> Welcome aboard, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that sums it up pretty well. I I like I actually I don't remember not knowing you. And we'll put it yeah. that. We'll we'll leave it at that. So that is a good way to put it. Yeah. So anyway, so since um since uh since Cass and Sophie aren't here, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to talk about something that uh, they do not care about, and that is Ghostbusters. I have been itching to talk about uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife with fellow Ghostbusters fans. Hence, that's why Nick and Isaac are here. So. Yeah, so tonight we're going to, you know, review Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're going to start uh, fairly non-spoilery, but once we start getting into the movie proper, we are going to uh, start talking spoilers. So, yeah, just 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 kind of a forewarning. So, um, first of all, I wanted to get, uh, get your opinions on uh, the first two films, uh, just to kind of get a baseline to see where we're all at. Um, Isaac, what about you? Why don't you start us off? Uh, what did you think about Ghostbusters 1 and 2? Okay, so it's a really interesting way to ask that question. I like that. Um, you know, Ghostbusters 1 is just a, it was a huge part of my life growing up. Um, ups and downs. I mean, falling in love with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd, uh, just their their flavor of humor, and, or Bill Murray's flavor of humor, his, his ability to just troll people on screen, um, to kind of almost troll you through the movie screen. And, and Dan Aykroyd's just sort of weirdness all over. Uh, the more you learn about Dan Aykroyd, the more fascinated you are about him as a human being. Dude, he's crazy, and I, I love it. I don't, think exactly. I don't think Ghostbusters would have worked if he weren't crazy. Yeah, <laughs> Ghostbusters is basically real to Dan Aykroyd. That's, I think, all you need to know yeah. about uh, Dan Aykroyd's <laughs> occult beliefs. But, but I absolutely love the man for it. And, of course, he, he gave us one of my favorite movies of all time. 
Um, it and, and more than that, it, it also there are some downs to uh, Ghostbusters for me growing up too. Because I don't, I don't know if I ever told you this story, Cody, but I remember I had the VHS, uh-huh. and I remember on the back of the VHS copy that I had, the scene was where they're uh, crossing the streams, blasting the proton packs at Gozer, and it's from I, and I, I verified this because I was a, a little nerd and I had to verify, you know, like a little scientist. Um, the scene in the movie, they are shooting their proton packs. The still is where they are firing their proton packs. On the back of the VHS, there is no proton beam. Huh. And and I remember realizing at that moment, I was like, oh, I guess those aren't real weapons of any kind. Oh, man, that's such a bummer, isn't it? (laughs) It was such a bummer realization. Like, that happened with me with the proton packs, and something very similar happened with... Uh, my VHS of Star Wars: A New Hope. I knew it was Just, coming. I yeah, knew yeah. It. I knew it. that's it. that's exactly where my mind went after you said that you had another disappointment. <laughs> yeah. And, and and just just re- that the realization of oh these are special effects I feel like I just grown up a little bit in the last few moments. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But Ghostbusters two. It's interesting that you asked about them as a pair because Ghostbusters two. I it's I watched it recently um, after I uh, after I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife because I kind of wanted to gauge my my own opinion on it and it's it's kind of there it's got some good laughs it's not an there I think there are sequels out there that are sort of almost offensive as sequels um, Blues Brothers two thousand <laughs> oh, um, but it's not an offensive sequel it's there it's got some laughs it's it's I'm, I'm kind of neutral on Ghostbusters two. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I like I think Ghostbusters 2's biggest flaw is that it's too much like the first one. That's really that's really about its its largest crime because I mean, I like overall, yeah. I think it's kind of a fun movie and I think it is unfairly yeah. like looked down upon. I think Janos is really fun. Um I love uh Vigo Vigo the Carpe. Yeah. Um he is Vigo. That, that, that actor's that yeah. actor is great too. He's also in um um in the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, Ghost. The original Ghostbusters is my favorite movie, uh, and it's it's really funny because as I've gotten older, um, uh, Bill Murray has kind of become my least favorite Ghostbuster. Well, Venkman has become my least favorite Ghostbuster, and I've always found that to be kind of an interesting uh, dynamic because I've started to realize, like, man, Peter, Peter's kind of creepy. Uh, <laughs> It's, I could see that. Yeah, in some aspects. Uh, I, I still really love Ray and Egon, and I think Winston is just an absolute blast. Uh, Ernie Hudson Ernie Hudson absolutely kills it. Uh, and as well as all the supporting cast with Rick Moranis and um, uh, Sigourney Weaver as Dana Barrett. Uh, and so, any Potts. I think hers is kind of underrated. Oh, God. Janine is, is in, any, in any medium, like, Janine is one of the best parts. Like, have you ever, did you watch the uh, the cartoon, The Real Ghostbusters? Oh, I was just having a conversation with Kayla about that the other day. I don't think I did, but I recognize enough of it that, like, I recognize some of the tropes. Like, I, I recognize Slimer as, like, a buddy character. Yeah. But but I don't remember actually watching any of the cartoon. You should go back and check out a couple episodes, because the, uh, the Ghostbusters YouTube channel actually has, like, the first couple of seasons, which are typically considered to be the good ones on their for free on the youtube so it's an interesting watch um that is nice. yeah yeah but anyway uh nick what about you what did, how, how are you feeling about ghostbusters one and two well so okay i i'll be honest i can't even remember when i saw the first movie because i just i mean i don't know it's just my ADD 
ADHD brain or what, but I just, I do remember just, I mean, it was just a wild ride. One, Bill Murray is just fantastic, and yeah, Dan Aykroyd. I think actually, um, it's like I didn't fully appreciate Dan Aykroyd until um, I, got, I became a teenager, and then I saw like Blues Brothers, and I just loved his performance and that so much. I went back yes. and watched Ghostbusters, where I could actually like really take it in, and it was just oh, it was absolutely fantastic, and just I don't know, it's kind of seeing like Bill Murray versus like the actual scientist taking it seriously and stuff. It was just a great balance and i don't know seeing a bunch of schmuck together and you know trying to fight some ghosts and um i mean it's just it's such a good movie the soundtrack's amazing it's got so many good jokes in it and it just it's just a fun ride while like having a little bit of spooky here and there but just enough to be like super entertaining um ghostbusters 2 however i have not seen as much so that one doesn't even stick in my memory as much like i remember the i remember it and like the the main plot points and the mm-hmm. the ghost river and such and things like that and whatnot the but, river of slime i, uh, I yeah. kind of love the river, river of slime and you know what else i love from ghostbusters 2 i love the mm-hmm. scolari brothers in the courthouse that is a good gag like they're they're <laughs> they're their their effects are great the gags there are great. Um, I'm I I, I kind of I just I love that whole sequence in the courthouse. I, I, right. I, I love I love the the shtick of getting the the judge on their side by you know defeating his enemy, the Scolari brothers. Yeah. Um. And and the practical effects are are really good. Yeah. I I, I really recommend going back and looking at some of the behind the scenes stuff of all the puppets that they have. Like the Slimer puppet is actually like six feet tall. Oh wow! Yeah, the thing is huge because there's a person inside, and there are like yeah. puppeteers like operating his arms. Oh. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, those effects are just crazy. But uh, yeah, it's like I still like the second one for what it is. I do. I didn't yeah. like, like it. It should have been a little bit different or something. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think one of my favorite parts is the whole like you know that they're, they're going to kids' birthday parties and stuff because they're just basically out of work, and it's just really <laughs> funny to me. Just picturing them with like these big, dangerous the the proton packs going to see <laughs> an unlicensed nuclear accelerator. Yeah. Like, by the way, you give your kid cancer. Just a, just a head. <laughs> yeah, was, you know, just the whole the whole sequence. That yeah, you know, I thought it was going to be pretty hard to give yourself cancer with a proton. Never mind. That's uh, okay. Yeah, going going too far. Uh, anyway, I will go too far. I, I know. I, yeah, it's just the the first two were just so good, and I I will admit I never saw the Melissa McCarthy one partly because just I don't know I it's one I heard so much bad stuff about it, and it's like I love Miss Melissa McCarthy and so much that she does, but I don't know it's just Ghostbusters is one of those things where like if it didn't have like the core cast, it just seemed a little bit well odd to me. Well, here well, okay. let's get that out of the way. Well, yeah, yeah. Here, here, okay, here's here, here's the thing about Ghostbusters 2016. It's a good cast with a director who does not understand what makes Ghostbusters Ghostbusters. I I will okay. never in my life I'm I'm not going to fault Melissa McCartney because any of these any of these women because they're all really funny women and I love Kristen Wiig. Yeah, Kristen uh, Wiig's McKinnon. great. Yeah. I, lo- I love them cast, and I was like, oh, Leslie Jones. Oh my god. Yeah, I saw the cast and thought, oh, this could be good, and then I I don't know just. I just that I saw of it, it was just like that's just not Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, it's they they took it and they they tried to make it like a full SNL skit where Ghostbusters is kind of this good blend of comedy and horror, and um, 
Yeah, but yeah, it's I, I, I you know, I, I don't really like the 2016 movie, but I'm not going to sit here and bash it. You know, if if you not worth it. Yeah, yeah, no. If if you like it, great. I don't, I don't care. That's fine. As you know, if it, if it brought in more fans, and I believe it even opened the door for uh, Jason Reitman to come in and make Ghostbusters Afterlife. That's, um, that's an interesting point. Yeah, like, yeah. I, part of me kind of wanted to see just like you know the 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 actresses like make a cameo in Afterlife or something, just to like make some acknowledgement or something. But I mean that that's well. That's it's, not- there's a, there's a comic book series out of I, I've never read the comics but I've seen the the screenshots of it where they uh there's like a big multiverse type deal going on and it's actually got like the real Ghostbusters the movie Ghostbusters and the 2016 cast like and they're kind of mixing and matching uh, uh-huh. in different universes so I'm I'm glad to see that those characters are still getting getting used uh, make for a fun like second video game I think. Yeah. So, and, and you know, and that's that's another thing too that I do, I did want to touch on because I know neither of you have played the video game. So, Ghostbusters three has basically been in development hell for ages, for ages and ages and ages. And um, this it eventually ended up becoming Ghostbusters the video game. And I, I know, Isaac, actually, I think you you played it recently, haven't you? Or no? I, I haven't played it yet. I'm sorry. Okay, you've got it though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So this I, I, I do I, it, it, imminent. Yeah, so it's um so yeah, this this is I'm not going to go too far into spoilers on 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 this one, but the game is actually really good and I really recommend it if you kind of want to get an idea of what would have gone into a Ghostbusters 3 with the original cast cuz the game takes place like 2 years after uh after Ghostbusters 2 and it's it's funny because like they've even got a Vigo's painting in the firehouse and it's just like leaned up against the wall in a bunch of junk and you can just go talk to Vigo. And- <laughs> And he's got, cool. yeah, he, he just comments on stuff going on and um, it's honestly hilarious. Uh, but uh, that game actually ties together uh, the first two movies into a more cohesive narrative, which is nice. Um, and uh, you, the, it, the game is actually kind of sort of referenced in Afterlife, but it's not real. It's it's kind of up in the air if it's canon or not. But yeah, really recommend playing through the game if you get the opportunity um so yeah Uh, what was that oh that's on the to-do list for sure i I mean i definitely told you just i was waiting for a a deal on the switch version but i don't know we'll we'll see after the holidays if i get any gift cards because that is definitely on the on the horizon yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) uh but yeah anyway so we should probably talk about afterlife proper um so all right just quick around the room general non-spoiler feelings on the movie nick go Oh, it was just beautiful. I mean, it it was just it was it hit everything in the originals, just all those good feelings, all the callbacks, just it really felt like Ghostbusters. It had um, you know, it had like the spooky, it had the funny, it just had the all the character charm and everything. And it just it was fantastic. It just it, it felt good. The music was just fantastic. Um just hearing the um the Ecto One siren again after so long was fantastic. It's just, I think it did the best job ever of you know really like, um, sort of bringing bringing back those callbacks for the first movie, but also adding a little bit of new flair to it too. So it was just, I think it actually to me was a little bit. It focused a little bit more on some of the spooky aspects. It was a little more spooky than the first movie, mm-hmm. but it had that charm that made the first one so memorable. And it just, it was just a a, a fun ride all throughout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isaac, how are you feeling overall? 
So, um, I, I do not believe that it was a perfect movie, but I do not know what a perfect movie is, if you ask me to name one. Um, and I think that it is, it did what it set out to do as perfect as it could have. Um, I get very grumpy when I hear about decades later adaptations, reboots, retcons, sequels, you know, whatever. Um, and, and Cody knows this. I get very, it's just unnecessary. I don't want to blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to (laughs) like this movie. And, and I, I cried at the end. I absolutely adored this movie. Oh, I yeah, I I teared up. Oh, yeah, goodness. yeah, and we'll we'll definitely get into why. And you know, I'm I'm kind of landing in the same place that that you two are. Yeah, I've got a few issues with it, and we'll we'll get into that as we go through the film. Uh, but this was uh this was a beautiful love letter to 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 Ghostbusters. I think they just nailed the tone uh between the balance of comedy and uh and and, and spookiness. I think the the new cast was absolutely fantastic. Uh Phoebe was fantastic. Pod- All of them. Podcast, Amazing. you know, uh Trevor and Lucky uh got a couple issues here and there, but I thought they were overall good and uh, whoever decided to put Paul Rudd in a Ghostbusters movie is a genius and they deserve an award. Um yep. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Callie Coon just did such a good job, and you know, of course, you've got the returning cast of you know Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, you know, the small cameo by Sigourney Weaver and Annie Potts. Um, it, yeah, it's I I I'm I'm so so into it. So uh, yeah, this is this is at the point of the episode where we're going to start actually talking about the plot of the movie. We're going to pretty much be going be going through it. So uh, you know, here's your spoiler warning. Uh, if you have not seen the movie, uh, definitely recommend going to see it and coming back and listening to the rest of the episode. Uh, if you have seen it and you're ready for you know us to talk about the spoilers, hang around. It's going to be a good chat. Um, so the opening to this movie was way more intense than what I thought it was going to be initially. Uh, this is the sequence where uh, where Egon is, you know, you see him out on this dirt farm and he's getting chased by this invisible terror dog, I guess, or, or Gozer or something. And, um, you know, leading them out to the farmhouse and the trap fails. So it's he- actually the ghost of Rick Moranis. <laughs> oh, no. Um- <laughs> Sorry. I see him again. Oh, God. So, you know, after after the traps fail, he runs into the house um, and gets the 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 PKE taser, which was wow. Uh, Right. Right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, proceeds. I'm definitely not working on building one of those. I'm sure you're not. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, you know, having Egon pass away right there in the chair, which I believe ended up being a heart attack, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, this this really set the tone for me really quick. And you know what I noticed uh, kind of right off the bat, and um, it, it, which made it feel different than other Ghostbusters movies, but then they ended up bringing it back at the end, was the, the theme song, the Ray Parker Jr. theme song, and the fade-in of the no-ghost symbol, like Ghostbusters 1 and 2 did. I noticed that immediately. I was like, oh, that's, that's different. Um, so I, I, it kind of set up for a different tone, but also really familiar all at the same time. Um, how were you guys feeling going into the opening of this movie after, you know, watching one of our, our beloved Ghostbusters, which, you know, rest in peace, Harold Ramis, uh, actually die on screen. Uh, I mean, there were no surprises there. Um, but I was, I was just giddy as a schoolgirl. 
Yeah, it was just oh goodness, it, it was what a great opening sequence. It give, uh, sequence it gives you the chills, it gives you that you know that stress, even though you know what's gonna happen. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like it's got you on the edge of your seat, and I mean, just seeing that little bit of Egon r- right before he goes and everything is oh that was that that got me hooked right away. That was just a great opener. And- and and holding up the trap, holding up the trap in that taunting way, setting up that shot at the end. Yeah, oh, what a, that was so good. That was a great callback. Uh, yes, yes, it was. It was, it was. it was. It was. It was a powerful callback. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, that's that's a good one. Really, you know, and Ghostbusters to me with that blend of horror and comedy, this was definitely more of that horror portion mm-hmm. of, of of the yes. of the series. And you know, I kind of love seeing this new tech. You know, seeing the PKE meter with a taser, a ghost taser on the end of it. Yeah, it was kind of funny how, uh, Cody, you said that, you know, they nailed the tone. And I'm not certain that they did. Okay. Um, in, in that I think they changed the tone a little bit because it was heavier on the, heavier on the spooky. Yeah, I mean, and I was just talking with my wife and she had the same thought of just like, this one seemed to go more on the spooky side, but it still had enough of the humor and everything to still, it just was like. It worked well, it, yeah. The co- the same coin, yeah. Well, I I think the only thing that really changed the tone was the lack of the fade in with the with the Ghostbusters logo and the theme song. Because I mean, if you think back to the opening of the first movie where you've got the uh, the the books floating through the library and the librarian getting chased by this unseen force, I mean, you're immediately drawn in. There's not like that's true. I remember exactly where I was too when I saw that opening for the first time. Oh yeah. Absolutely, I do. Yeah, I was, I was at, uh, I was at a friend's house. I, I don't, I don't, I didn't go over there a lot. It was a friend that I didn't hang out with very often. But I remember watching Ghostbusters over there the first time, and I remember seeing the 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 ghost librarian and just like peeing my pants. Like it. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't you don't even see the ghost librarian until the guys show up. At, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know you're talking about the 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 drum beat in the do 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 do, and then it goes yeah. into the theme song. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I can't be happier that they did not do that. And you know what? And I, I, I agree with you on that because that is something that was brought back around. That's how they ended the movie this time. Yeah, it would have made it cheesy. I don't think there would have. Been, I don't think there was a way to introduce the theme song until the very end. Yeah, I know. I, I, I like what they did with it. Um, so yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can, I can see where you're, you know, where you're saying with the tone. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, we're kind of moving on through the movie. You know, that's this is when we're introduced to uh, to Callie, who is obviously uh egon's daughter which uh yo egon egon can get it um <laughs> so is uh, janine his mother to the do we do what are our thoughts I, on that? I don't think janine is the mother uh because i am willing to bet that callie did not have children at 15 years old um i'm pretty sure that callie was uh it, it will if so later in the movie you see the cork board with all of uh all of yes and all the the last digits are obscured well, no, uh, I think one of them is actually dated like 1983, and um, okay. and she's I saw like, the eight. Yeah, and I think she's like uh, six or seven in that picture. So okay. I'm pretty sure that she had, uh, you know, that Callie was uh, was around during the events of the first two films. Just Egon was off doing his nonsense in New York. Uh, sure. So well, I mean, that's the theme for his you know some of his parenting concerns and whatnot yeah he definitely has some abandonment things going on yep yep he sure does but yeah so not world's greatest dad but no not world's greatest dad oh geez um but yeah so you know getting getting introduced uh to callie and then uh her children phoebe and trevor 
Um, I think we've, you know, we've already talked a lot about, you know, we all love Phoebe, um, who is just this uh, incredible successor to Egon. And uh, McKenna Grace, the, the girl who plays Phoebe, just absolutely nails it. Her comedic timing is just in, in, impeccable. Her deadpan humor is so, so good. It's so real. It too. is. Luke's just had me and my wife rolling. Those were so good. I uh, so so like I said, I had I had surgery on Monday. I had my gallbladder out, and um, I was told I don't remember this, but I was told that when I came to, I started telling Phoebe's jokes. <laughs> I, I swear to God, that's a true story. It was the the the, the hamster and the cigarette. <laughs> I I came out of I came to consciousness asking a nurse. What does a cigarette and a hamster have in common? What? what? <laughs> They're both harmful until you light one on fire and put it in your mouth. <laughs> and and they're like, is he okay? And my wife's like, he's fine. That means he's fine. <laughs> oh my god. That is just... Oh, that's the best possible. Oh my god. Oh god, why did I bring you on this podcast? <laughs> That's exactly why. This is gold. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, as Isaac has very uh, beautifully demonstrated, uh, Phoebe tells a lot of not funny jokes, which are actually hilarious. I will fight you on that, sir. They are funny jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But yeah, so yeah, we, we, we love Phoebe. Uh, now, what about Trevor? How did y'all feel about Finn Wolfhard as Trevor? I, I think he was necessary. He wasn't blowing anybody's minds. But I think he was a necessary sort of foil. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. he's like, yeah, he's, he doesn't have like all the, yeah, everything, like, he doesn't have all the, you know, necessarily like, intelligence or, he's got a little bit of awkwardness, but it's like he's the teenager and he's the older sibling. And yeah, he's providing a little bit of more of that, I guess, that balance to it for sure. I, I feel like they're setting him up for, you know, getting some more character development, like a sequel or something, but yeah. I think he was good, and I mean, I love Finn Wolfhard in general. So I, I agreed. He, yeah, he, like, he didn't have a big role, but his role was still good. He is uh, he is eighties boy. Um, I, I think that one thing that I liked about his character is one thing that I think that they were pre- I think that they were playing this pretty subtle. But in a movie like this, the big brother is always the main character, and the little sister is always the sidekick. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, obviously, that is one hundred percent flipped. Or or he's not even her sidekick. Podcast is her sidekick. Yeah, but. But so I think that, that, that you know they make him kind of dumb, um, and, and not not dumb, but but you know bumbling. Like when he he goes up to the um, when he sees Lucky in jail and goes, "Hi, yeah," <laughs> just like his, his his fawning over her and just tripping over his, his his own feet whenever he's like trying to you know apply for the job at the drive-in, and the older kids are, are like, "Oh, dude, that was really good. You got a shot with her." No, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, I- Go on, Nick. Yeah, and he—I think he. Um, they could have set him up with some bad older brother tropes, like I don't know, being mean to his sister and stuff like that. It was like he was just a good kid. He was just a teenager. He was a good kid, but like he loved his sister and you know was doing what he could for her. And at no point did he like call her crazy or anything. He was just always on her side, and I—he was just a great character for yeah. sure. There yeah. are really no unlikable characters. There, yeah, there's they're... no there's no Mr. Pecker. <laughs> I will stand by the fact that really the EPA was right 
hundred percent right. <laughs> Peck was just a jerk. There, I mean, there like the well, I mean, you know, look, if you come into my house and you you just shut a bunch of uh, switches off, you could cause some havoc. Like, if I'm violating something, let's talk about how to turn it off. Yeah, but Bankman didn't want to talk to him either. That's, that's true. I mean, that's, yeah, that is, is that is, is one of those. It is probably more Bankman's fault than it is Peck's fault. But we're yeah, getting, we're sure. getting off topic. We are. We are. We <laughs> so are. anyway, yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is also where, kind of where you know after they move into uh, to Somerville, Ohio, uh, where we're also introduced to the, you know some of the schoolmates and uh, the teacher. You know, podcast band podcast is such a good successor to Ray. This kid is enthusiastic. He's funny. Uh, and this was this okay. Logan Kim, the kid who played podcast, this was his first role. Wow! Uh, yeah, would, and he nailed it, didn't he? Yes. I, I thought it was just like, huh? I wonder what other stuff he's been in. But the, to hear that it's his first role, he nailed it. Yeah, he did such That's a good wild. job. Yeah, it's J- listening to Jason Reitman talk about it. Uh, you know, he's he's just like, yeah, he's like, this is his, you know, this is this kid's first role, and like when he just showed up to set, he was just like like a pro, like he had been doing this for like thirty seven years, and you know, it's like that's just crazy to me. Uh, but podcast is super super likable. Um, does that mean that he is a phenomenal actor, or does it mean he is just as bad crazy as Dan Aykroyd? <laughs> I mean, that is that's also a very uh, very real possibility. Either way, we win. Yeah, absolutely. I mean- We'll see when he reaches adulthood if he makes some weird vodka filtered through diamonds and stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Mediocre vodka. Oh, man. Um, I, you know, if, if I ever get the chance to go meet Dan Aykroyd like, at one of these like vodka signings, I'm going to do it. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we we're also introduced to uh, good old Gary Gruberson. Uh, Gary Gruberson. <laughs> played by uh, none other than Paul Rudd. Um, I love this guy. <laughs> uh, he can do no wrong. Except, he is a terrible teacher. Oh, he's the worst. Oh, okay, so one of, the, one of the things that got like the biggest laugh out of me was uh, was when he's just like, yeah, I just found this cool movie in the teacher's lounge called Cujo. About a crazy dog or something. Let's watch it, kids. Uh, he almost like, I feel like there's a deleted scene where he says, and the uh, fun fact, the author was so coked up the entire time. He says he doesn't even remember writing it. <laughs> i mean and as Which is a, a true story yeah. yeah yeah as a teacher just seeing his character and stuff one it's i mean it's very clear that he's not actually a teacher he's a, sure. a, a phd or whatever it's a scientist and, who needed a gig yeah, yeah and it's just like i can't tell you how, like there are a, pl- plenty of those around and also the fact of like legit college professors they do not have to take any education courses so i'm not surprised <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm not surprised that Paul Rudd is the way that he is. I mean, it's just a good, accurate character of, I'm a scientist here to do science, and I need to pay the bills, so I'm going to take this job, and because it's summer school, I'm just I don't paid have to do <laughs> Because let me tell you, yes, summer school, you are paid to be a babysitter. I have talked to my peers who are summer school teachers, like, oh yeah, it's just babysitting. You put a packet in front of them, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing that goes unaddressed, I feel like around, because I feel like the the biggest plot holes are kind of around the school. Phoebe is this brilliant child. Why is she in summer school? Oh, because she wanted to be. Because I mean, I, just from what I could tell, it's like, yeah, she's she likes science, she likes learning and stuff, and her mom's like, okay, she needs an activity. Oh, they... was was that an option? Because I would have preferred to go to summer school almost every year. 
Like, I'm pretty sure in this case, it's kind of the point of, oh, Phoebe's here because she wants to be or because her mom needs to give her something to do. I think it was more of Callie needed to give her something to do because, like, w- when they're first walking into the school, Phoebe's like, oh, I like learning. This is... There is the extra- yeah, okay. It's that or ripping asbestos out of the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that was... uh. <laughs> okay, that was more addressed than I, I realized. I yeah, think. yeah, it's 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 more more in the subtext, I think. With, withdrawn. Yeah. So, um, which, uh, by the way, my sensor, uh, my sensor count is up to six. By the way, um, I'm working on it, man. I'm working <laughs> okay, on good. it. Good. Um, but yeah, so I yeah. did put the banjo away. So <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, so, but yeah, so go you know, going through it, you know, as they start moving into the house, you know, they start seeing these little little hauntings and everything. You know, podcast actually has you know is running this podcast, and uh, you know Phoebe makes it very clear that she does not believe in ghosts. Um, but then you know, I think it's, uh, was it the chessboard that starts moving first? Her like, chessboard falls or knocks itself off the dresser. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you start, you know, you start seeing it's like, oh, obviously this place is haunted by Egon, and um, I think this like I, I I didn't think that was obvious. Really? No. I thought that was I'm, obvious, like right from the get go, that it was Egon haunting the uh, house. It, it, like at first, I wasn't fully sure. I thought, oh, this is like an evil presence. But as soon as like the chess game got started, it clicked. Like mm-hmm. as soon as it saw that the pieces were moving, it's so like, oh no, that's that's Egon getting attention. That well, so two things there. Um, if I remember, I need to verify this, but I don't think that the move that the ghost makes was a legal chess move. <laughs> You would notice that. <laughs> I, I, you brought me on here for a reason, man. I'm using the powers of autism and ADD for trying to use them for good here. Well, also, with the power of ADHD, I also noticed that, but thought, well, maybe I just didn't see the right the the move correctly. But well, uh, yeah, I need to verify that because, but I, I at the time I thought that wasn't a legal chess move, and I feel like maybe that's the if it was a legal chess move, that's Egon. If it wasn't a legal chess move, it's the monster. I mean, Egon's definitely haunting the lab. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's without a question. But he had to get her down there, so I, I mean, I assume that's still him. But 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 the the mom got like possessed in the lab too. Yeah, so, yeah. Kelly got. So there's possessed. ghosts intermixing. Well, well so for sh- with like the steam like we saw from the beginning, where it's like, oh, if you see the fog, that means it's the bad ghost. So mm-hmm. that, that, like yeah. Zool or or Vince Clortho. Um, uh, but yeah, so yeah, as they're living here, you know, just kind of lazing over some uh, some things, you know, uh, Phoebe starts finding, you know, some of the Ghostbusters equipment, like the PKE meter, uh, the the ghost trap, uh, you know, that Egon had hidden the night that he died in the uh, in the floors of the house. Um, oh, I'm waiting. To, I'm waiting to talk about the proton pack, but I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we haven't gotten there yet because okay. she she finds all that stuff and then they they yeah they do, take they it to school the they take it to school yes. and you know Gruber, Gruberson is like super excited which is exactly what how I would react if I were in his position I want a tattoo of his speech about I'm I'm sincerely considering this where he says no no science is reckless science is punk rock it's the it's the safety pin through the nipple of academia. I want that shit tattooed on my chest. Oh, I will get that on a poster and put it in my classroom for sure. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good one. Um, I don't know who wrote that line, but they deserve an Oscar for that line. Just that line alone, and the Oscar for best line goes to yes. 
tell my students science is just messing around unless you're writing it down. Science yeah. is okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna put put the sensor count up one more time. Science is f around and find out. Uh, thirty eight twenty three. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was that's pretty necessary. But so, yeah, I, I think it was Adam Savage that came up with the one I said because I I love that one so yeah. much too. Well, Adam Savage was actually pretty involved in the creation of this movie. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he's got full YouTube videos of him like working on the props. That uh, makes me so happy. Yeah. Well. Okay. So. Okay. So this is. This I feel is, like he wrote that line. Then he probably did. And you know. Okay. So real quick, I just want to go over uh, the recklessness of uh, Gruberson uh, deciding to open the ghost trap because why not? This sounds like fun. And uh, I, I I love that he's just F -A -F -O. like FAFO. Yeah. He's just like uh yeah um I'm liable so we need to leave we need to leave <laughs> right now. <laughs> I love how calm everyone is that they obviously just proved like some sort of Cartesian duality and the existence of ghosts and 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 the the existence of the paranormal and they're like, ooh, we broke some windows, so we gotta bounce. So okay, okay, so have you ever okay, this is this I, I can't believe I'm taking us off on this, but I was kinda hoping something like this would happen in the movie. Have either of you seen Scooby Natural? I've seen uh, no the clip where um okay hey okay, here let, let, let me let me explain this to isaac so are you familiar with supernatural the tv uh, yes. show there yes. there's an episode called scooby natural where the brothers get sucked into a tv <laughs> and they're in an episode of scooby-doo okay i i'm and on then, board honestly and then people start dying in the episode that aren't supposed to die and there comes a point where that uh that the brothers actually explain. I can't remember their names. I've I've only watched like two episodes of the show, and this one was one of them. I believe it's super unnatural. Yeah, yeah, super unnatural. They they explain to the Scooby Gang that ghosts and demons are all real, and they are in very real danger. And everybody has their own individual breakdown. Like, for example, Velma is like, oh, I, how did I never under, you know, how did I never see this? And Fred is mad that he could have been chasing Dracula this entire time instead of jerks and masks. And like Shaggy and Scooby are just sitting in the corner screaming, we told you so. And then Daphne oh is God. having a mental breakdown. She goes, if ghosts are real, that means the afterlife is real. Am I going to hell? <laughs> okay okay i have to watch this oh it's a great episode but i was kind of surprised that something like that never happened in ghostbusters um uh, yeah i i feel that vacuum now yeah i i well i mean it's like if you look at the guys and everything it's like i could see like ray and egon maybe getting super like deep into their thoughts and then vankman just you know kind of spacing out on the whole thing we could <laughs> well ghosts exist now well, I mean, that's kind of where Phoebe lands after she, like, she just accepts the sure. existence of ghosts. Well, uh, that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After after the after the school bus uh, sequence, like, yeah, they, she just accepts the the uh, existence of ghosts and doesn't question, you know, okay, well, am I going to go to hell? Uh, we'll find out next time. Um, well, that's just for you. Oh, I have the evidence. Okay, then. Let's just roll with it. Yeah. So and so so during all all of this, Trevor, um, who is actually a fairly gifted mechanic, ends up finding the Ecto One in yeah, a. Yeah, they really gloss over that, don't they? Yeah, they they kind of do. Yeah, he find... repair an antique Cadillac with no parts and just his hands. Well, okay. Remember, you're dealing with a teenager here. Like the fact that none of them even know what the Ghostbusters were is just very accurate because that was you know the '80s, and it was like, oh, that's 
news. So yeah, that kind of car, that's not the kind that they're looking for. Yeah, well, it's okay. <laughs> like I've heard a lot of complaints uh, from other people saying that, oh, well, you know, there's there's video evidence of all this stuff. You know, there's no way that no one would believe that this thing happened in the New York in the 80s. I'm like, do you see what's happening right now? People don't believe we had an election. I mean, <laughs> yeah, being a teacher and seeing how... That was yesterday. Like, I have children that are perfectly content thinking that the government controls the weather. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. They're not going to watch anything that doesn't, like, jump out at them from, like, TikTok or whatever. So, yeah. It's... <laughs> oh, geez. So, so yeah, I, I completely buy that, like, yes, there might be video footage of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man walking down, uh, walking down Fifth or Central Park West, or, you know, the Statue Fake of... Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> yeah, or, or the Statue of Liberty, um, bashing in the ceiling of the Natural History Museum. Um, higher and higher! That's a good song. Um... <laughs> but but yeah so yeah Trevor's a super gifted mechanic and the fact that he can fix up fix up the uh, the Ecto one well, and there's uh, also there's also the Christine moment where <laughs> the car is repair shown to be repairing itself yeah yeah you know which I I feel it was also glossed over but I'm comfortable chalking that up to Egon yeah oh yeah no I I was I, I figured that was Egon like I figure everything at the house was Egon until the the smoke showed up. Um, yeah. But yeah, so anyway, uh, so eventually Phoebe's led down to this uh, secret underground laboratory. That, okay, uh, and that, yeah, now, now that's just where you, I'm going to jump you take, in and nerd out. Take it out. away, take it away. I, I, so I love this scene so much for a thousand reasons. Okay, so one thing that always bothered me about the first two Ghostbusters is the if you think about science fiction movies like Back to the Future, they tried, obviously, time travel is not real. They had to invent ideas, but they used words that were real words, real scientific terms, like like a gigawatt, even though they mispronounced it, it's pronounced gigawatt. Um, uh, magnetic flux is a real thing. Capacitors are real components. Flux capacitor, yay. Um, in the original Ghostbusters movies, the, the science words that Dan Aykroyd is rattling off are, are most of the time just absolute nonsense. Um, and it, it's it's kind of like uh, it's it's kind of like in uh, uh, Rick and Morty when they have to fix the uh, the multiverse battery, and uh, Morty asks Rick if it's the quantum carburetor, and Rick says, uh, "Morty, you can't just uh, say a sci-fi word and jam it together with a car word and hope that it's going to mean something." And <laughs> that's what a lot of the science dialogue in the first Ghostbusters movies is like. It's yeah. very very hokey. Um, one thing that I absolutely loved about the new Ghostbusters is. The it, for a movie like this where we're sh catching ghosts, the science is absolutely as good as it could possibly be. Um, they uh, when Phoebe goes to the basement, she takes apart the proton pack, and and she she very clearly says it's missing two of the CRT emitters. Um, what I believe she must be referring to there is a cathode ray tube emitter. Uh, a cathode ray tube is how old televisions used to function. As a melee um, player, I can very much attest to that. Sure. Um, cathode ray tubes are small particle accelerators. They accelerate electrons rather than protons. But if you were going to build a homemade particle accelerator, you would probably use some components from cathode ray tubes. So that absolutely checks out. Um, number two, uh, she specifically refers to the proton pack as a cyclotron. 
uh, a cyclotron. Um, so I, I mentioned that I'm an engineer, but I'm a very specific type of engineer. I do radiation testing on microelectronics for uh, a, a small aerospace company. Mm -hmm. So I, I put computer chips in particle accelerators for a living. And um, cyclotron is one type of particle accelerator, and it is a very compact type of particle accelerator because particles are accelerated in a spiral path rather than in a straight line. So you can make them very compact. So number two, if you were going to make a benchtop or a backpack proton accelerator, you would want to go with a cyclotron configuration. So it, it, they, they got the science really, really good. And, and, and as, as a, a science nerd who knows a lot of that stuff, that made me giddy the whole time. Yeah, like that's, that's, that's such a unique perspective and something that a lot of you know, normal viewers like myself aren't going to catch up on. And it's, it's when she said cyclotron, I was like, man, five people are going to get that reference, but those five people are going to be so happy. Well, I definitely got cyclotron, and I mean, even just seeing it and everything was fantastic. I didn't hear what she said with the CRT part, but now that you've said it, it makes sense too. But yeah, that's just all hearing the science. Yeah, I'm used to, you know, science plus car part and stuff, but sure. now that I've heard you like say, because I missed that bit, it's just, oh my goodness, that is fantastic how they blended that so well they, they blended it very because I, I do a lot of like diy stuff that like is borderline it's 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 not unsafe but i'm i, I it is I, absolutely unsafe it's it's, it's most it's fine it's one I, how, how have you not burned your house down <laughs> i know vaguely what i'm doing well but, you have two fire extinguishers right next to you at all times uh, not two that's well yeah but um you're, you're not wrong um that is a, a contingency of, of my marriage. If I electrocute a cat, we get divorced. Um, <laughs> but uh, so far, so far, so good. But, but I, the point is I do a lot of DIY mad science. And I, I don't know how big the crowd that does that is. I know a handful of people that do that kind of stuff because I'm, I'm a member of this hacker space where a lot of us do that kind of stuff. That's not a very big world, but it, the, the science in this movie is presented as if it is catering to that specific ethos. And and I just I, I loved the hell out of that. You can probably thank Adam Savage for that. I, I now that I know he was involved, absolutely. Oh, he was actually like super involved. Like apparently he would like he and Jason Reitman would like text each other like during production. Like while, so happy. yeah, like while he was filming stuff, he's like, hey, is am I are we saying this right? Is this the right terminology for this? And he's like, and he would be like, no, you want to say this instead. And, and yeah, now now that I know he was involved, I know that he is the reason that I'm. He's the reason for all of these things that I'm very happy about. Yeah, he's um, he's a and, huge and, Ghost, yeah huge Ghostbusters fan. So I'm I'm hoping that he is involved with any films going forward. Fun fact: He also has a ruler uh, tattooed on his arm, as do I. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> That's I, great. I, I I I and I swear I did not know that he had that tattoo when I decided I was going to get it. They look very different. Okay. All right. So but he, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. After after they find the proton pack, um, uh, Phoebe and Podcast do what any other kid would do. Absolutely, they take it. Oh, out I back, love that scene so they, much. Yeah, they just light it up, and oh man, wasn't it good? Fire it up, he, baby. Yeah, to, to hear that sound again. The sound design. Oh, yeah. Just, it, just you. It doesn't exist anymore. It's so good. Oh, I love it. Yeah, just the firing up of the proton packs. It's such a 
if they if they sound were iconic, yeah, this is this this and the 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 sound oh, of the sir, protons. Sounds are iconic, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and just the sound of the proton stream uh, firing. Well, the oh, it's oh. We, who did this? Because you know, uh, there's one guy that's responsible for a lot of the the iconic sound effects of the Star Wars universe, Ben Burt. Um, and I, I want in, in some of these sounds like he he came up with the you know the scuba respirator for Vader and he he he, he synthesized the noises that made up the Tie Fighters and the 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 laser blasters and the lightsabers and all that stuff. Uh, I'm wondering if he had anything to do with any of these movies. Um, I am actually not sure, but that's something I can look up. Um, but yeah. yeah, so so after you know after playing with the with the with the proton pack, which is you know what that's the dream that is the dream um working they, on it yeah <laughs> they start out you know they start hearing these noises coming from the i guess the the steel mill steel uh, steel mill steel steel mill or right they hear the, the okay. noises made by uh Chekhov's metal eating ghost yeah and who is voiced by josh gad by the way um, i saw that in the credits it's like oh my god that's well, fantastic jason reitman apparently yeah, just like that. bumped into him on the sony lot and he's like hey you make funny you noises you want to be a ghost <laughs> What? Awesome. Can you mumble some stuff in a microphone real quick? I'll tell you what it's for later. No, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Let's just awesome. give you like, something to eat, and just we're just going to listen to you eating a little bit. No reason. <laughs> it's amazing. Don't don't mind us. Oh yeah. So they so they try to so they try to catch um they try to catch Chekhov's metal eating ghost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chekhov's metal eating ghost. We'll just call him Muncher for short. Uh, yeah. So and. Uh, you know, he he gets away, and as they're walking down the road, uh, Trevor just like flies the freaking Ecto over over a hill and just dukes of hazards this baby. <laughs> oh yeah, how and did that Duke thing boys. not fall apart? It's it, e Egon, man, Egon holding it together. Yeah, that's that, that can be that can be used to hand wave everything away. It's e Egon and the same forces that held the the General Lee together when the Dukes of Hazard would jump that lagoon to ruin. Boss Hogg's Hazard County schemes. They don't make cars like that anymore. Yeah, they don't make them like they used to, Hoss. I can't deal with this tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, Trevor, Trevor, you know, picks up BB and Podcast off of the, uh, you know, off the side of the road. And they're like, hey, we want to go catch a ghost. Will you drive us? We need a ride. And uh, so they're just driving the Ecto through town. And... <laughs> Blasting into shop storefronts and restaurants, just, just, oh my god! Firing an unregistered nuclear accelerator into where the hell ever, <laughs> as one does. Oh yeah, yeah. Like after they find Muncher, and you know, like it, it, I love Trevor's reaction to it because he's almost just kind of like, huh, okay. But, oh, I guess we're gonna catch that ghost. All right, cool. I'm on board. Uh, now what? And then we're just like, get, and uh, podcast just you know, get him. Uh, so. And they, I love how quickly they figure out how to operate that obviously complex uh, uh, assault vehicle <laughs> with the gunner seat and like yeah, with Phoebe, the, yeah, Phoebe the gunner seat and the drone. Oh yeah, like yeah, that was they, they all came together really well. And you know, I just want to give the the cinematography for this scene a shout out because that sequence of the Ecto chasing behind Muncher on the sunset as they've got him wrangled. That was gorgeous. A great shot, yeah. It was such a good shot. Oh, oh, I love it. This was a. Uh, I can't decide. Like, so you know, every Ghostbusters movie has the first bust. How would you yep. rank this among the first bust versus uh, Slimer and the Cedric Hotel and Ooh. the Sc uh, Scolari brothers in the courthouse? Mm. 
I'm going to go last. Mm, okay, uh, I'll, I'll go first. I think this one's the best one. Because it shows us... Um, it, uh, it Well, A, it actually incorporates stuff from the cartoon show. Uh, like, actually, there's quite a few things from the real Ghostbusters that show up in here. There's one of the ghosts uh, that shows up later. The one, the one with the eyeball? That's originally from the cartoon show, which was really cool to see I that. I was wondering that, because yeah. it looked very... I was like, that looks very specific. They wanted us to see that, but I don't recognize it. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like that. But the gunner scene... At first, I thought it was a thing from Doom. <laughs> oh, yeah, the... Yeah, I know what you're like talking Kaka about. Yeah, yeah Cockademon. Um, but yeah, so yeah, just you know, seeing the seeing because we don't really we've never really seen a car chasing Ghostbusters, and uh, you know a, a lot of the quote unquote action scenes in these movies are just guys kind of standing around shaking a stick, and you know <laughs> do you know, But this was very action. Murray yanking tablecloths. Yep. <laughs> so uh, this was this was a really nice change of pace. Um, uh, I'm not huge on Muncher's design, but just the chase through the town was a lot of fun, and seeing like all the uh, all like the graffiti, like the Mister Stay Puffed uh, painted on the side of the building there. That was good. Yeah, yeah I, I I loved it. This was this is probably my favorite one. Also, can I just say that they definitely modeled Muncher's design off of a water bear, um, a tardigrade? Because one hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, that was that was definitely intentional. So that was I like that bit about him. He, he's a cool little dude. I, you know, so that, that's a really tough question because looking back on the first bust in the first movie, I feel like it's almost the weakest, but, but they're all three so good. Uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm actually inclined to believe, to agree with you. Cause I, I love the Scolari brothers. The Sc yeah. We've already covered how awesome that was. So I, I would rank it as almost a tie with the Scolari brothers. And that's not to say that the first one isn't good, but the first one is just, it's, it's slower. Um, I think my favorite part of the uh, the first bust is when the cigarette falls out of Dan Aykroyd's mouth. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's funnier. It's a lot funnier. It is. Yeah, but the the, the other two are much more action packed. Yeah, I feel like you know it de these definitely set out to accomplish different things, and I think they all accomplish those individual yeah. things going with it. Agreed. So, what about you, Nick? How would you rank it? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's just they're all so good in their own ways, but. I gotta agree that I loved this one for the car chase especially because, I mean, I don't know, being a big Luigi's Mansion fan and everything, there's, there's something about, like, really chasing down a ghost that's just a lot more fun, I think. And, like, yeah, the, the gunner seat, the having the, trying to get the, the little ghost trap to catch up with the ghost and everything, and, um, you know, all the collateral damage and stuff is fun too, but I just, it, I don't know. It felt like a lot more fun to me personally. I mean, again, all of them are just great in so many different ways, but the car chase was my favorite by far. But um, I mean, it's just it's my favorite of uh, like a almost three way tie. They were they were all so fun. I mean, the Scolari brothers was just so so crazy, and then of course your the first ghost hunt with you know Slimer and everything. Yeah, um, Sl Slimer is a classic. Yeah. yeah. So but I mean, just I think that the car chase and everything—it was really well done, and it was a lot of fun. The the one weakness that it has is it doesn't have Rick Moranis talking about exposing himself. <laughs> and you don't want us exposing, exposing ourselves. ourselves. <laughs> Can't have everything. Oh, jeez. Um. So yeah, after this, uh, they get arrested and thrown in jail. Um. And so I like that was pretty. That was that. That was one of the more mediocre moments. Was their tenure in jail? Yeah. I, I, Except for Finn, hi. And yeah, and you know them mentioning that um that you know that uh that Lucky's dad is the sheriff. 
Um, and so, it, it, also, I have I have to get get this off my chest. Um, I wanted to rip my hair out whenever. So that you know, they've been watching YouTube videos of the old Ghostbusters commercials and everything uh, throughout the movie. So Phoebe has this phone this is a number. Good gag. I really like yeah, that. yeah. This phone number written down when she asks for her one phone call, and the the sheriff looks at her and goes, "Who are you gonna call? Who are you gonna call? Oh, I wanted to." bash this man's face in i'm like i hate this i <laughs> hate it they so had much to do it no you they did they were gonna... yes they did they, they had to do it absolutely did not have to do it that was, so was... Bad. that was the worst thing i have ever seen in my life um i mean that was by far the cheesiest moment in the entire movie i will give you that i enjoyed it i hated yeah, it i hated it i hate it i hate it um they, so... yeah, they how cheesy it was going to be. They did it on purpose. That was classic. Oh, yeah, just, it was that, that, that so sm- deliberate. That smirk on his face. I'm like, that smirk. Oh. He, he knew. It's like in that moment, it's like the character knew what he was doing. <laughs> he knew he was in a movie for that brief moment and just he <laughs> stuck it to you through the screen. Oh, I hate it. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so Phoebe goes in and she calls Ray. And this is the first time that we've seen one of the OG Ghostbusters uh yep. in the movie and Ray's put on some weight ray has put on some weight um and i i appreciate that he is still running ray's a cult absolutely um and you know as as they're talking you know apparently ray has been to prison as a <laughs> as he mentioned which i guess would be a reference to well, ghostbusters sure, too yeah. yeah they were in prison in both of them, oh yeah I they think. were in prison in both of them um that's what they talked about the uh the selenium core girders yeah in yeah the first one yeah which by the way i've been to that building 55 central park west nice yeah i went there uh during our trip to new york this summer but so here's one of my issues with the movie um and you know i you know i i kind of get it but at the same time i'm like a little shaky on it uh well you know when she mentions you know she goes hey i'm calling about egon spangler you know my heart kind of sank whenever ray was just like egon spangler can rot in hell um and you know yeah. he's talking about how how Egon like kind of went crazy you know as their business slowly slowed down and you know cuz Egon was telling everybody that their problems didn't matter because something bigger was coming over the over the over the horizon man if if there was one ghostbuster that had Egon's who back who believed him who would have believed him it was Ray i would have that, i would have believed it if peter were the one who had the biggest issue with Egon sure that that was another sort of weakest uh, weakest point in the pe- fabric of the plot was that that Ray didn't believe Egon. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's not a perfect movie. That is a pretty that's a substantial weakness in my mind. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and, you know, and I I can kind of understand it because you know if if you know because it sounded like Ray had maybe had gone out to Ohio with Egon to go check out these uh these uh these mines that Evo Shando Shandor had worked on and it sounds like they didn't find anything when they went out there. And Oklahoma. you know yeah yeah Oklahoma, not Ohio. I don't know. They're both in the middle of nowhere. Um well there's a reason that they chose Oklahoma. Yeah. Fracking. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right actually. You're very right. Um so yeah, it goes out you know goes out with Egon to Oklahoma, I I believe and uh you know after they didn't find anything when egon took the you know the ecto all the proton packs all the traps um after he set up in the dungeon with the the pyramids and the 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 ghost of the guy trying to catch spider-man why did he not like (laughs) (laughs) bring him 
<laughs> Why did they not bring him down there? Like, look, I told you. Look what I fucking found. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, 102 on the dot. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I thought that was a little weak, but you know, so gets cut off, you know, fairly quickly. But you know, I do like the scene because you get to see what the go- what the Ghostbusters have kind of been up to. You know, yeah, with, it, was, it was necessary. Yeah, Peter going into ad- teaching advertising and Winston uh, going into finance and making. I love bank. that. That he just becomes Tony Stark or whatever. Yeah, uh, successful Winston. That's what you go for. <laughs> I mean, I I will say that like the the one believable part about you know Ray not believing. I don't think it was so much of him not believing Egon so much as just like he, he was, was tired. Yeah, I mean, even like you, you find out how badly he's hurting for money, and it's just like that messes people up, man. Yeah, so, true. I was like, that, I that made it a little bit more believable. Yeah, I think it should have been Peter to say that about Egon. But. Yeah, because I feel like it's much more in line that we're with Peter's character, and you know that would also like I don't know, I don't know if maybe they had thought about doing that before because uh, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis did have a falling out. Now they did reconcile before Harold Ramis passed away in 2014. Yes, but, I read that. Yeah, so you know it, that may have been a little bit too on the nose. Yeah. Um. So you know, I. That's a, you know best as you could do. Um. But yeah, that, that's how I feel. It's like it was obviously a device, but if they hadn't done that, they would have had they would have needed another ten minutes of exposition, or they would have needed to go out of their way in some other way. Yeah, yeah and this is already a fairly slow paced movie. Yes, and I mean that's not a bad thing. Um, no. Yeah, but it's not yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 still a very very slower, much slower paced movie than the first two films. Um, so but yeah, so after they after they get out of jail, uh, this is I believe when they go and they find uh, they go up to the mines and they find because uh, you know uh, Trevor earlier in the film had seen a ghost pop out of the uh, pop out of the mines. So all of the kids of the town are ready to believe was just fireworks or. <laughs> I don't know, like, going into this, I, you know, because I, I figured that Evo Shandor was basically running the town, um, and uh, I, I kind of, I was kind of expecting the whole town to be, like, a cult, and them to all kind of be in on it. Like, that would have been interesting. Yeah, like, uh, something like Hacktard out of Elder Scrolls Four. If so you that, that might have just taken too much, Yeah, because there, there was a lot in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, there was. It's very dense. Yeah, there was. So, but yeah, this is, you know, when they go down into the mines and yeah, they, you know, they find, uh, the, the, and, and the body. I have another, s- yeah, they Sorry. find the body of, you know, uh, JK Simmons playing Evo Shandor. Um, <laughs> so great cameo. Well, so, so here's, here's the thing. Um, Evo Shandor is in the game and they use his exact design from the game. Oh, was and, he voiced by J.K. Simmons? No, he was not. He was, uh, he was, well, okay, so Evo Shandor never actually speaks from his own body in the game. Gotcha. So, and oh, I'll, okay. yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, so, yeah, Evo, Evo Shandor himself is not actually voiced by anybody. Um, okay. So, but yeah, I thought so, that was a, that was a neat nod. Well, and this, this is where I have another science gripe. Where this is this is the 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 one science gripe of the entire movie, and okay. it is such a low level. Only, yeah, I feel bad even bringing it up. When they're walking, when 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 Phoebe and Podcast are walking up to the the, the gate of the mine, and she's talking about the uh, the iron girders with cores of pure selenium. Mm-hmm. Um, 
she says, why would you build girders out of an electroconductor? Um, no one calls anything an electroconductor. I, I assume what they were going for there was semiconductor, which selenium would be. Um, so that is the low-level nerdy gripe that, again, five people probably noticed that. Hear that, everybody? The movie is trash. Uh, well, I Savage didn't get to see that line. Someone's getting fired. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, so this is also when we find out that uh, that Egon had set up four proton packs set on timers. An to, automatic stream crosser. Yeah, an auto, that would automatically cross the streams and force uh, Gozer, you know, returning from the first film back down into into their dimension. Or, or is it Gozer, or is it just just an, like a, a big psychic push of of demons and ghosts and whatnot? Probably a mix think, of both. I think it's that because Gozer can't come back unless like the two dogs, you know, get together and stuff, and they're already out and about. Get, get kind of humpy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which, by the way, so speaking, yeah, speaking of the dogs, you've also got the two terror dogs in the film, um, and Paul Rudd's possession. Was great, and here I here's mean, the thing. Here's the thing. There is a reason that he showed in the beginning of the movie Cujo, which is about an evil dog, and uh, Child's Play, which is about possession. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, how did I miss that? Oh my god! Nice, nice. It's it, see, it's Chekhov's evil doll. Um. <laughs> well, and, and there. <laughs> And, and they're, they're Chekhov's marshmallows because, well, okay, we'll have to come back so, to that at the end yeah, of the well, movie. Yeah, you know, well, you know, after, after this, you know, they kind of bail. Um, and uh, so, they, you know, going, going back into, into Walmart, you know, and, and now Paul Rudd is dating uh, Phoebe's mom, uh, which, nice. Um, and Gary Gruberson. <laughs> Gary Gruberson, great name. Uh, so... <laughs> Going, you know, going into the Walmart scene, uh, poor Paul Rudd cannot get away from Baskin Robbins. I mean, who can blame him? Who can? Well, no, like, uh, so Ant Man, he worked at Baskin Robbins, <laughs> like starting out. Yeah, he did. I don't, wow. I don't know that if that was an intentional thing. I, or if... I noticed the Jamoka specifically because I remember that flavor from Baskin Robbins as a kid. Yeah. So, um, so here's okay, so. Here's the most okay. So everyone was complaining. They're like, "Oh, it's unrealistic that Walmart would have an empty, uh, an empty parking lot." I will argue with you that this is the most realistic portrayal of Walmart because at you, a certain time of day, because you hear a woman scream, and then the <laughs> store is empty, and that's not a cause for concern. We don't react at all. Let's go back to buy an ice cream. <laughs> I mean, and plus it's in the middle of nowhere too. It's like you don't know, as, as, as well, the, the realistic part is that it was clean and there were no meth heads inside. Yeah, there was no people <laughs> at Walmart. To, so, there, so. yeah, there were no Denzians. Yeah. Oh Lord, an so, empty Walmart is fine, but that Walmart should have been trashed. Oh goodness, but yeah. So as 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 he continues his shopping, comes across the uh, the terror dog. And well, but first he comes across uh, little little Mister Stay Puffs, the little mini puffs, little horror army of of self immolating marshmallow creatures. Yeah, that was oh god, that that got me and my wife a few times. Just like oh god, they're just oh they're just they're dark. It's like it's like if they looked at Grogu from the Mandalorian and said, but what if it liked to light itself on fire? 
Oh, and not just light itself on because they're these little adorable they look like the Pillsbury Doughboy I think that's even a reference when he pokes its butt like that's got to be a reference to the Pillsbury Doughboy you know <laughs> but yeah. they're these little adorable creatures but then they just turn dark they start running over each other with a Roomba and leaving a smear of marshmallow paste <laughs> it's like oh god <laughs> I loved it I, I, it was great. It was just strange. Oh my! My favorite one was when they throw one of them in the blender, and like yes. after, after he explodes, his face is still smiling. Still smiling. You still <laughs> see the smiling face in the in the in the, the marshmallow cream on the side of the vessel. Oh god! So uh, just it's so horrible, but so good. Yeah. So you know. This is when, uh, you know, when when Gary Gruberson is possessed, uh, and, you know, about the same time, uh, Callie, who which we really haven't talked a whole bu- whole bunch, a whole lot about her. She's got a lot of a lot of daddy issues uh, because yep. Egon was not there for her at all during the course Absentee of father. Yeah. So, um, you know, understandable that she, you know, was very bitter, but she finds her way down to the to the lab and she sees that that he, he's been keeping tabs on her. Um and uh, so it's interesting here. You said that you could see dates because I, with the second time that I went to see the movie, I tried to see, tried to notice the dates, and all I could ever see was nineteen eighty something. I will have to go back and rewatch the scene. I like, I thought I, I thought I saw like a nineteen eighty three something somewhere, but I'll have to go double check. It's entirely possible. It's a, it's a, it, it goes by fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I couldn't see. Yeah. So, and which okay. So one one joke that I I just wanted to give a shout out to before we go on, and this this kind of goes back to Phoebe's first time in the lab when she was a uh, when she was working on the proton oh, pack, yeah. and she's just like, "How did you build all this?" And like, <laughs> just the light slowly pans over to just this wall full of PhDs. It does not slowly pan. It jerks over to the wall. <laughs> Look at what I did. Look at my. Look at them. I, I I very much appreciated that. I, I enjoy. And another one more thing about the lab is I know you can faintly see on the wall uh, uh, when she's walking into the lab. In addition to all the sciencey bits, a uh, a very nice looking Fender amplifier. Um, and I also feel like that fits the trope of the mad scientist because not even mad scientists want to only do science all the time. We've got to have some sort of a an outlet. So I like that there's an old Fender amp down there. Yeah. And I- I noticed right away when she was walking over to the wall with all the molds and fungus. It's like that's his collection. It's yeah. the rare molds and fungus. Yep. I, yeah, I loved it. I loved all the good callbacks. But yeah, this is you know. So after after uh, Callie kind of oh, I didn't get that molds and fungus. Oh, yeah. God. God. Oh. I know you're just you're. It's like watching the movie for another time with a magnifying glass. It is when you yeah. when we put our brains together. Um, we all got things from it, so we can just share. Uh yeah, I mean I I know where the cam is. Um yeah, we we actually we talk about piracy a lot on this show. That's uh, that's, uh that's... I definitely did not download a copy of this movie. I had to see it in the theater. I would never. <laughs> uh I didn't download a copy. I streamed. Well, it. I did both. I, well, I, I yeah, I, I saw it in the theater, the... but I I I I've got, I've got a streaming site. Uh <laughs> so You got a guy. I got a I guy. Was, like I wanted my first viewing to be the the, the full thing. And I Absolutely. Yeah, it was 100%. Worth it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I'm it, so spoiled. Shout out to Alamo Draft House if we can get some sponsorships from them because they rock. That would be pretty great. Uh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> kind of move, kind of moving on, getting back on track here. Uh, so you know this at this point, you know the smoke comes through and Callie is now possessed. 
Um, and you know, when the kids come back the next day and, you know, after kind of formulating their plan and she's getting, she gets kind of hands on with, uh, she gets, with no, podcast. She, this, so this seems really funny because Kayla called the dialogue as it was coming up because they, they walk around the corner and, and Phoebe whispers, mom. And, and my wife, before it was set on screen goes, there is no mom, only Zool. Well, yeah. That's, and then that's exactly what the, 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 the mom possessed mom says. That's that's the line, and then you know, and there's another line uh, later that uh, I I absolutely adored. That was a callback. That was literally just a callback to the first movie. Um, so they kind of bail out of there after uh, after podcast gets manhandled. Uh, so like she's getting kind of humpy. We got to bail. Yeah. Nope. So so yeah, the keymaster and the uh, keymaster and the the gatekeeper uh, meet up. <laughs> And yeah, we, we can leave it at that if it's PG you know they meet up they, they meet up and you know they give each other a nice special hug um, up, they, you know so, desert rocks and chill oh lord so and you know and around this time they also I think they uh, no 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 go they go I'm trying to remember how this how this all plays out well shout out to her tearaway spooky dress thing oh oh yeah that, that gag was kind of weird but I loved it Keep it. It was great. Yeah, uh, Callie Callie Coon can get it. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So uh, this. So you know, before but before they meet up, uh, Gruberson, uh, presents by Vince Clortho, uh, ends up going to the mines and moving one of the proton packs, and that is what Destroy, un- seemingly destroying some of the others. Even. Yeah, destroying some of the others, and that is what unleashes all the ghosts. So now the town is overrun by ghosts. And so, uh, fun fact: the, the pink streams that uh that are kind of flying out of the mountain, uh, those yep. are actually ripped directly from the first film. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they 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 made it's the exact same effect. It's, yeah, it's the exact same effect. It was they pulled it off of the uh, the the thirty five millimeter film. That's uh, cool. Yeah, to to do that. So that that was a really cool effect. Um, nice little behind the scenes stuff. And uh, so you know that this is what they. I think this is about the time where they decide to we're going to go suit up and we're gonna go full Ghostbusters. Yeah, we're going to go full Ghostbusters. And I love how they've all like like tied together. Like they've taken a bunch of uh, Egon's old uniforms and kind of like tied them together to make them all fit. Um, yeah. And like, I love how podcast just like tore off the patch and wrote podcast. Wrote podcast in Sharpie. In Sharpie. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one. He's like, I'm making this my fucking own. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one sixteen twenty nine. 1629 um fantastic uh, so uh so yeah you know they so Chekhov's Chekhov's metal metal eating ghost uh, I love that <laughs> yeah everything is behind bars uh all of the gear is behind bars because the police held it after they got arrested so podcast is like okay he opens up the trap to let muncher out and muncher proceeds to eat the like the the bars the, of, hold, the holding the, cell the holding cell that they that all their stuff is in and so they just grab their stuff which where were the police uh, they'd been scared away by ghosts i guess yeah or so, turned into ghosts i i i kind of wanted to see more of the sheriff uh, I didn't. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I know you hated him, but I like. I it. hate it. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone it's, got scared. Off. You see people like just all running away, pretty much. Yeah, it's bad. 
So yeah, everyone gets scared off. Um, so they grab their gear, and you know, they I feel like they, they did this because they really wanted to cre- recreate the scene of the Ecto pulling out of the firehouse. So you've got sure. the Ecto and the police car pulling out of the police station. Oh yeah. Rear. Oh god, that that siren is my favorite. The thing. Sick cat siren. Oh man. Oh, I love it. I love it. So um now uh you know, now that you know the keymaster and the gatekeeper have met up, uh Gozer the villain of the uh, the original film has um, has returned. And Which anyone complaining that they copied the same plot from the the, the first movie? Go to bed. You're too old. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Because um, they, they Gozer looked awesome. Gozer oh, yeah. looked incredible. And, and I feel like if they had made this film five years before, it, Gozer would have been played by David Bowie, and that would have been amazing. But uh, well, uh, Gozer being played by anything. Gozer was played by Olivia Wilde this time. And really, that was Olivia Wilde. That was Olivia Wilde. Oh, uh, I love she did, on yeah, House. Yeah, yeah. She did not. So she did not uh, voice Gozer, but she did play. You know, the physical presence of Gozer. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, which is yeah. she's hot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, statement of fact. I'm sorry. So. <laughs> So, you know, at this point in the film, as one of my favorite things is they go down there and they're like, okay, well, we're going to trap one of the, you know, the key, either the key mat or one of the terror dogs. It's a good plan. It's, yeah, it is a really good plan. And it, it seems like they're going in like with, with just bumbling like, oh, these stupid kids, but they've got a good plan. You know, when this movie was first announced and I found out that it was just going to be a bunch of kids, I was like, oh, no, but. And did they kill it? They absolutely killed it, uh, and, and 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 Phoebe distracting Gozer with with her. <laughs> yet under the, the this one being the fish joke. Uh, <laughs> what do you call a fish with no eyes? A fish. Oh god! <laughs> you know, and it's so good. It, oh, it, it, it feeds it, my soul. It's 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 so good. And it's, and uh, another thing that I really liked about Phoebe's character too is uh, when I think it's when they're first like when they first see Muncher. And podcast is like, aren't you freaked out by any of this? And she's just like, I'm completely overwhelmed, but that calms me. And <laughs> Kayla stared at me in the movie theater after that line. Uh, Overstimulation neuro- calms me. Neurodivergence. Yeah, and, yep. you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I thought it was, you know, pretty apparent that Phoebe was uh, portrayed as to be on the spectrum, which, you know, fair sure. Egon was as well. Uh, yeah. but you know, she was, oh, I loved it. And, you know, and just, she would be the only one because of that, you know, neurodivergency to go, to be able to walk up to Gozer and start telling these jokes, start cracking jokes. Oh man. And, uh, and Gozer they, visually, I, I wanted to throw this in there. Gozer, the way that they made Gozer reminded me of uh this is gonna sound crazy but reminded me of uh dark samus from the metroid prime trilogy oh yeah yeah absolutely i i can see that yeah with the phase on kind of yeah. like running through those like weird crystals on her exterior yeah say that she reminded me more of actually well being the metroid nerd that i am um uh gandrada from metroid prime 3 corruption because i mean that was just spot on if you look up gandrada from metroid prime 3 it's pretty on that's true that's the one that i've played the least but i have played it pink electricity running through the yeah oh yeah yeah which uh side note isaac you need to play through metroid dread um yes you you need to play through metroid dread Uh, that's a great switch only 
It is Switch only, but um, okay, that's it, an excuse it, to buy a Switch. Kayla will be happy about that. Well, I mean, oh, she want one. Oh yeah. Oh, it just it just won Best Action Adventure Game um, from the Game Awards tonight. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Metroid Dread's really, really good. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, they they managed to just like put like drive the trap under one of the terror dogs and basically even after bumping into it yeah how did they do that and then like kids god protects kids and drunks (laughs) so so yeah yeah so they trap zool and they go through this fun car chase uh and the the the, the gozer reaction to when zool gets trapped and like half her body is ripped out of her body like that visual was that was so crazy that was so cool that was something that i never considered um, yeah, like, that was so cool. Yeah, how that would mechanically work, uh, you know. So you know, th- you know, they finally save Callie, you know, the mom, and she gets in the car. And I love just how on board with everything she is now. She's like, oh, oh, we we're gonna catch Gus. Yeah, I'm here for it. Yep, yep. Let's do it. Let's go. How can I help? And I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, you, we're all good. Yeah, you you love to see it. Uh, so yeah, this was another fun car chase, and uh, they end up getting chased back to the farm. Um, well, that's where they were headed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and um, at this point, they've figured out that the, the the dirt is the trap. Yeah, yeah. That they have that. Yeah, Egon planted just like a ton of traps under the uh, under the farm. And yeah. I love this big swirling cyclone that they've got going on over the over top of the farm. That's really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, the the, vi- the visual effects were somehow both over the top, but you didn't like notice them all the time. It was very, very well because a lot of it was kind of on the periphery. Like, well, well, yeah. So they, uh, it's it's funny because like even behind the scenes, they went with a more minimalistic approach for this movie. Did you know it's only half the budget of the 2016 movie? Really? Yeah, I, d- I would never have guessed that. They, they uh, so uh, the 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 2016 film had a budget of about 145 million dollars, not including advertising. This was at about 75 million prior that's to advertising. amazing so uh right now after Afterlife, afterlife <laughs> so has made it every way after yeah afterlife has made more move more money than 2016 on half the budget so wow. well, that doesn't surprise me but... so yeah the chances of a sequel are very good uh, well yeah I, put it they, that way. I mean obviously they we, yeah um but yeah so and you know you can see that kind of in the effects and one thing that i really appreciated about the effects was how much practical work they did like absolutely the first first time that you see the terror dog in the walmart that's all practical obvious puppet yeah yeah and i'm just like oh and i don't mean obvious in a bad way i mean it's obvious that it was a practical effect so it didn't look like trash yeah yeah yeah. and you know it's it it really avoids the uncanny valley where you know where your brain knows it's not there you might not know it's not there but your brain does uh but you know having a physical physical puppet there is just oh so good um, i'm all here for the resurgence of practical effects oh please um so uh here on the farm things do not go as planned uh they try to you know once gozer comes like which seeing it's, it's a recreation of the first scene basically yeah the, tra- the, the, the 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 big uh, capacitor bank built into the silos which i love that effect and again the uh, science is uh, as sound as it could be there because if you needed a large burst of power, you would need a giant capacitor bank. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they it's basically a recreation of the first uh, uh, scene. They fire everything up and then it. Yep. And you know, this even calls back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode where Phoebe was holding up the ghost trap, uh, yep. just like Egon did. Um, Great and, callback scene. And, oh, that was so cool. She looked so badass yeah I, I i love it 
So, you know, and I also love the, the visual of, of the spectral Gozer coming out of the cornfield. Yes. That looked Gozer really looked cool. awesome the entire time. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, I, I could not have been happier with Gozer's appearance in, uh, in, this, in this movie. Um, so, so, real quick, going, going back into the cave, uh, J.K. Simmons, as Evo Shandor wakes up, and just <laughs> immediately gets ripped in half. He's, he fawns over Gozer, we'll take over this world together, and then she just tears him in half like Juggernaut in Deadpool 2. <laughs> you, are, you are just an ant compared to this god. Of course you weren't going to get anything out of this. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, so that, that was really good. And I'm glad that they included Evo Shandor in this. Um, yeah. It's cool, cool to yeah. see him in a movie. So uh, so eventually, like, the, the, obviously the, the, the big, all the big trap fails. The capacitors fail. Um and I'm trying to remember how uh, they, like, they try to trap Gozer with the proton packs. Yeah, and, and and then they run out of proton packs because the marshmallow men are eating one of them. Yeah, and and that's when the cavalry arrives. Yeah, well, well, also Lucky gets uh, possessed by Zul. Yes, um, you know, so Zul gets out of the trap and is possesses Lucky, and Gozer is back to full capacity, and uh, now you get the 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 grand return of Peter Venkman. Ray stands and Winston Zedmore. God, now, they just the, the timing. I I feel like the 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 they by the time they came back, I you know I knew going into this movie that they were all going to be in it. By the time that they came back, I had forgotten about them, and that made it so perfect. That that really speaks volumes to just how good this new cast is. Yes. I mean, you weren't wanting for anything. It's just like I'm good with these guys. I great. wasn't waiting for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's kind of like you know, it's almost you know, like Force Awakens. Um, I liked Ray and I liked Finn, but man, did the movie pick up when Han Solo showed up? Sure, they yeah. didn't and need it, the, need that in this movie. Yeah, yeah. They it th- that's that's what made it so good. That's a good way. The movie didn't need Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and and Ernie Hudson. But it benefited from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't waiting on them, and you know the old heroes riding in at the last minute to save the day. That that's a bit of a cliche, but it, you know the, the movie did everything else so well. You can forgive a cliche like that. Like it, it's it's kind of like Ray being uh, mad at Egon or whatever. It's it's that was not a strong point, but what else would they have done? And and it worked. Yeah, it it worked really well. Nick, were you going to say something? Oh no! I just—I mean, it—it it was just great seeing them show up. I mean, I knew it was, I knew when it was going to happen essentially because from the little bit we got in the trailer, it's yeah. like, okay, it's arc, and they're going to be coming in at some point. And so I, I figured it'd be a last-minute thing, but yeah, it's just that they showed up, and again, it's—it's it's like you guys were saying before. It's just that they didn't have to show up, but the fact that they did still just really brought everything together a little bit more, and just you know, get that little last bit of oh the, the original guys are here and they got all their charm and everything and the way they did they sw- come came back in swinging just like they hadn't missed a beat hey flat top yeah perfect like do they, it's like they had never been gone like yeah. it, it, it amazes me just how easily these three guys just slipped right back into their roles ray comes in talking about they uh, with the by the power vested in me by the fish and wildlife <laughs> administration yep and 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 bill murray doing his shtick and ernie hudson rolling his eyes it was just if they hadn't been gone and uh, they and they 
in with a plan. I mean, it's just that as soon as it didn't work out for them and then they were backed into a corner, they knew exactly what they are going to do. Peter starts going on his monologue <laughs> like an idiot, knowing full well that Ernie's going to try and zap, zap um, uh, Gozer. And then as soon as it doesn't work, it's like, well, we tried. Okay. Shot. Yeah. I, 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 I love the fact that so when Gozer recognizes who's there, they walk forward and say, are you a god? And just the... Ray, the, Ray waits. The dumbfounded look on Ray's face. I can't believe they made that callback. I, I, that's one that I had thought about. And I was like, surely they're not going to do that. And then they do it. And I was just... It's another one of those. I was just cackling like a little kid. Oh, it's so good. Um, so Ray, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... As you know, as as the plan backfires, and you know, I I, I don't know why, but I also loved uh, Dan Aykroyd's delivery of the line. Yeah, nothing stings like a billion electron volts. Uh, uh, yes, and that is a so uh, the uh, that is a valid unit of uh, measurement if you're talking about particle acceleration too. Um, when uh, when we go to uh, a, a particle accelerator, uh, the energy of um, particles in a particle accelerator are measured in electron volts. Uh, MEV or GEV, so mega electron volts or giga electron volts. So, so the question I ha- the question I have for you now is, how bad does a billion of those sting? Um, that's an interesting question. I should bust out my calculator. Um, give me a moment on that. Probably not. At, like one one billion electron volts would you wouldn't feel, but you're also talking about a billion particles basically that all have that energy. Oh goodness. So. Anyway, while while Isaac is getting out his calculator like a nerd, um, so th- you know this is you know they they try to they try to cross the streams again and and wrangle Gozer that way, and then Gozer uncrosses the streams with their bare hands. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was that was insane because you know that that shows that they they need that fourth pack, they mm. need the fourth Ghostbuster. Um, so I, yeah. The, here's the, the you know the the big moment for me was uh when they're when phoebe uh starts firing from all cylinders from behind trying to wrangle gozers the be- the best she can to hold a, to hold everything off and you see this spectral hand just come over and steady the uh the proton pack uh steady the wand and you it pans around and you see the ghost of egon the waterworks started right there for me I am not a fan of posthumously adding in actors. This is the only time where I feel like it was appropriate and that it was done with 100% haste. I I mean, we talked about this before. I definitely agree. It was it was just it was true to form. It was beautiful. It they didn't like just the silence, just having him there, it, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that they didn't have him speak. And it's another, you know, another behind the scenes thing. Um, so, a Ivan Reitman actually played played Egon. Ivan Reitman was the one who stood in for for Egon. But the first person that they are, so the first person that they went to with the script was Ivan Reitman, you know, the original director of Ghostbusters. And then they took the script to uh, Harold Ramis's daughter and widow. And they said, we would like you to read this. If you are not okay with this, we are not going to make this. 
and that's that. And they, you know, the the widow and you know and Harold Ramis's daughter signed off on it one hundred percent, and they said that they they loved the way that it was portrayed here. Um, visually, I think he looked perfect. You know, I think that you know that sort of spectral appearance really uh, masked any uncanny valiness that you may have gotten out of a. Uh, oh out of yeah out of his face uh but it was just so beautiful um isaac what how did you feel about egon coming back well i calculated that um a billion electron volts is um about uh a tenth of a nanojoule and for reference yeah i know i'll answer the other question in a second uh the (laughs) the energy the energy dispersed by a camera flash for example uh is about 10 joules so one billion electron volts is still less than a billionth of a camera flash in terms of energy. But again, that's the energy of one particle. Uh, so it's still it's 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 a good line. It's still a good. It's still a solid line in, okay. the, in the in the scope of a movie like this. Good to know. I I loved Egon. I I agree with you. Where that's that's they handled that about as best as they possibly could. Uh, he he shouldn't. You're right. He if he had spoken, it would have been worse. If they had done several things in this movie, a lot of things would have been way worse, and they didn't do those things. Yeah, it's like they they really straddled that line of of yes. you know, yeah, but they they never they never took it too far. It's like they they always knew where to stop, and yeah. I think yes. that really really one hundred percent benefited the movie. Um, and it reminds me of something. So what we talking about Ghostbusters two? One thing that I, I wanted to to mention was one thing that I didn't like that I found very cheesy is at the I didn't notice it until the end of the movie this last time I watched it. But the the patches, the Ghostbusters patches on their uniforms have the logo where the ghost is showing up two fingers. It's holding up two fingers. So there, that does that doesn't make any sense. That's just a weird hang on, sequel hang on, thing. Hang on, hang on. I'm going to stop you right there. There is an in-universe reason for that, but it was cut from the movie. So you know the commercial where uh, that they that they aired in Ghostbusters two, where yeah, and Janine and Lewis were like laying in the bed, and they're like, "Oh, yes. who are we going to call?" Okay, so the full version of that um, that commercial is they're saying, "Oh, we've got twice the this, twice the that, <laughs> twice the, you know, twice the, you know all this stuff," and they're always okay. holding up the two fingers withdrawn. That is but- where that is where the logo comes from. Okay, okay. Fair enough, but they don't leave that in. So. No, they don't. It's it's a deleted scene. Um, yeah. So I, so I, it just looks like a, a hokey. It does. No, yeah, I I, I get thing. that. Yep, hundred percent agree with you. And and that so like that's an example of a step too far that this movie never really takes. Yeah, and you know they they it's you know I, I I've heard people complain. Oh, this movie calls back to the first one so many times. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, if I'm gonna see a Ghostbusters movie, I want to see a proton pack. I want to yeah, see a ghost. I want to see I the Ecto one. <laughs> the negative reviews. That's something that I wanted to address because every time I I read several negative reviews and every negative re- review, I'm like, I don't think you actually saw the movie. I I think you had an opinion set in your head. And and you crossed your arms and pretended to watch the movie, but didn't really watch it because it doesn't commit a lot of the crimes I see it being accused of. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I had a few friends. I I talked up the movie. I was just like, I was mentioning how good it was, and they're like, ah, I don't know. I saw this one review that said it was kind of bad, so I'm not going to watch it. And I was just like, why? And um, I mean, and the one complaint I saw, I, someone shared one of those review videos. I'm going to probably watch it if I just really want to get angry, I guess. But um. 
someone mentioned like, oh, it's not quite the same as the first movie because that's like four guys who had no business fighting ghosts had no idea what they're doing and everything's too professional in this movie. It's just like, there were three scientists in the Ghostbusters and yet Ernie showed up, but Ernie like was already just great at what he did. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I I think it is a lot of, you went in wanting to hate it. Yes. Came away from it with, so you got to have that open mind or be willing to change. So yeah, it's, that, that, I definitely agree there. Yeah. So, you know, they, so, you know, with the, and one of the shots that I, I absolutely adored was, uh, when the camera, you know, once the three original guys start firing off their proton packs and then you, the camera pans down and you see the lineup of the original four yeah. that got yeah. me. And just the, the look that Winston looks over. Cause Winston is just in complete. That's when I started, yeah. Complete when I started getting misty. Yeah. Winston yeah. being in complete disbelief. Uh, whereas Peter, yeah, he's Peter's just <laughs> looking at him like, yeah, I figured you'd show yeah, Of course you're here. <laughs> yeah. And you know, just, you know, and, and after, you know, so uh, they successfully, uh, working together, um, and not just like the, you know, the, you know, the Ghostbusters, Working together with, you know, and obviously they needed a Spangler. They needed a Spangler in order they to did. finish off Gozer. And, you know, after podcast tases the uh, tases the, the little mini puffs and gets the proton pack working again, they get the capacitors going. Yeah, I, lo- I love the shot where, where Finn Wolfhard almost fires it at Gozer, but then sees the capacitor bank and chooses that instead. That's yep. just a, a really cool, competent character moment. That was good. I like that a lot. I'm 100% there with you. And then Callie hits the pedal to open the traps, and you see all the ghosts getting sucked into all these traps that are buried under the dirt. Another great visual moment. Oh, it was so good. And um, and then, you know, you, you see Egon reconnecting with his daughter, connecting with his granddaughter, and connecting with his grandson, and, and with the guys, you know, with, with Ray kind of breaking down, apologizing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's when I started to get like beyond misty. I'm like, why is this <laughs> movie doing this? Termer- yes. <laughs> <laughs> why is this darned movie doing this? Why is this cotton picking movie making me all misty? Uh, yeah, it's it was it was it was, it was really touching. It yeah. was really touching. It was really sweet. Um, and, and then we get for Harold, and then I just like lost it. Yep. Yep. Um, so <laughs> real quick before we start wrapping this thing up, um, you know, I really liked the, uh, the original team's interactions with the new kids. I love that. Sure. You know, I love that, you know, with Vakeman coming down and saying, you know, Hey, I'm Vakeman from the home office. <laughs> <laughs> the home office. He's like, Oh, Spengler, funny name. Good luck with that. Like, <laughs> And um, I think one of my favorite things, though, is uh, the fact that podcast is the subscriber. Po- po- podcast has a podcast, and he has one subscriber, and it ends up being that it's Ray. That's oh, that was so perfect. That's one of those things where I didn't see that coming, but once it happened, I'm like, of course that happened. Yes, that's beautiful. That's, that's, that's makes, adorable. Makes perfect sense. Yes, and you know, just and also Winston looking over Ecto and it's like, oh man, what have they done to you? Let's <laughs> yeah. let's take you home. And you know, as as Egon's oh. spirit goes on to the afterlife, oh, cat on the sutures! You see, <laughs> you see the Ecto driving across the bridge, going into New York City. Wow, wow. That's when the logo fades in, and you get the theme song. Yeah, and, cut and by then it's somehow not cheesy. By then it's not cheesy, it's, and I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know what what kind of alchemy they did. Mm. It's, it, it, it so well. Go ahead, Nick. 
Well, I was just say, if anything, I feel like it works even better as a closeout. Just it ties everything together, and it's still it's back to the '80s, and oh, it was it was great. The return to New Yes. That, yeah, that is that is that is awesome. Um, so and, yeah, I, and can we, so I, I, can I talk about the post credits? Yeah, go ahead. I, I so as soon as the movie, as soon as the credits rolled. I started paying close attention, not because I was preparing for an after credits. I suspected there would be one, but I wasn't certain that that was J.K. Simmons as Evo Shandor. So I wanted to see the the, the cast to see if that was actually J.K. Simmons. So I started paying very close attention to the credits. And I I know that we've talked about how this movie nails timing so well. Uh, When the credits are rolling and you see with Sigourney Weaver, I had just enough time to go, oh, wait, what? And then she pops up on the screen. <laughs> I was wondering about that too. It's like, did I miss her? What happened? And yep, there she goes. Yeah, you have just enough time to wonder. Wait, where was she? And then there she is. What a good scene too. So one one thing that I actually noticed in the trailers, and I think I actually mentioned this to you, Nick, was that uh, Vickman had a wedding band on, and uh, yeah, yeah mm. and Dana at the end as well also has a wedding band on, and that implies to me that Dana, Dana, and Peter got married. I didn't notice that. Good for them. Yeah, yeah so crazy kids. And <laughs> the, the whole sequence where she's just electrocuting Peter she's over and over. It's so good. <laughs> and she's like, you marked the cards, didn't you? I marked the cards. <laughs> I marked the cards. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And just straight up admitting, he's like, I, I only really shocked uh, the guys. Like, I only oh. shocked the guys. <laughs> you, Peter, you scumbag. <laughs> It was so funny. Um, yeah, that that was a great scene. And then then the the post credit scene to cap the movie off with uh, with Janine, who did show up in the you know towards the beginning of the movie, starring Ernie Hudson as Nick Fury. Yeah, <laughs> as a uh, you know he he's you know you sh- you see him in his uh, his tower and you know he's very you know and you find out that he's been paying Ray's rent all this time. Very sweet, and then There's like so many things that are so heartwarming. I, I hate using that word. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's fitting for this movie. It definitely- yeah, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Um, you know, and you know, he pulls Ecto into uh, into the firehouse, and which we find out is not a Starbucks. It's not thankfully. a Starbucks. I, I I think I don't know if that he was just, well. Okay, so this scene I believe was yeah, actually who knows. I think this this scene was because act- this movie's been done for like two years. But I think this mm-hmm. this specific scene where they take the fire truck to the the firehouse or the truck the ecto to the firehouse was added post COVID in between the time that the movie had actually been done and you know when they realized that we hey we might actually have a really good thing on our hands here and uh, you know looking at doing sequels so and then you know that that final shot of the containment unit blinking sure I I feel like that was such a good way to make it very ambiguous they don't it's not if they don't do a sequel no one's gonna be like what there's no cliffhanger I'm good yeah no I'm but they leave it open yeah I'm I'm good with the way that it ended if that's all we get I'm happy. I'm satisfied. You know, I yes. I walked out of that movie feeling fulfilled because Ghostbusters three was a movie that I had wanted for ages. And you know, this was yeah, this was like Half Life three. It's just it's vaporware. Yeah, because you never think it's gonna. You never think it's a real movie. You know, this movie has been in like development hell and and, and almost been made like five different times. And then when we got the game in two thousand nine, I'm like, okay, there it is. That's Ghostbusters three. And yeah. you know, I was fine with that too because that's a fun game. You've got all the cast together, in which that's also Harold Ramis's last portrayal of Egon. Um, play it now. Yeah, it's it's not canon anymore. I don't I don't believe it was canon. 
uh, because it was written by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd. Um, but you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I walked out of there feeling satisfied. I'm like, you know what? This, this, this was worth the wait. And that's, that's really the best way I could describe the movie was it's worth the wait. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I, I, I think we all kind of landed on the same spot with this movie. You know, it was a great love letter to the franchise. Great love letter to Harold Ramis. Great uh, movie. Just it's fun. a good time. Go, go watch it. Go watch yeah, it. The, seeing the four Harold and the stars, just oh, absolute perfection. Whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, um, so it's now on the very short list of movies that has made me cry, including uh, Tom Hanks' Castaway. <laughs> oh, that takes me back. The damned volleyball floats away, and I lost it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's Toy Story three. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, Nick, you probably don't know that story. My my parents, I didn't come from a vacuum. My parents, I love them. They are assholes. Um, <laughs> we right. watched we watched Castaway, and I was twelve or thirteen, and I cried like a little girl when that volleyball floated away. And a few weeks after that, we got a new dog, and I asked my parents what they wanted to name the dog, and they looked at each other and laughed and said Wilson. <laughs> Oh my god. So we had a dog named Wilson and who lived for 13 years that was named to troll me. Oh. I miss okay. Wilson. Uh, uh she was a good girl. Yeah. I, I have family with that kind of sense of humor. Yep, that 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 makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So I uh, tell that's that's one of those stories I tell to people that like that explains some things. Yeah, it does. Uh <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's about going to wrap us tonight. Um Everybody, yeah, I got to jump off here yeah. real soon now. Yeah, but yeah, you know, thank you all, you know, Isaac, Nick, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, means the world to me. I've been, I've been itching to talk about this movie with other fans, and I know we've all three. I, I've kind of refrained from talking to either of you about it in depth until tonight. Uh, gotta save the good shit for. Yep. Uh, gotta save the the good content. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Uh. I just I have my I got my times down here. Uh so <laughs> well, but yeah, they, they, yeah they, what, what, what's my count at, man? Uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Good. <laughs> so it's... But yeah, so anyway, uh thank you all so much for listening. Uh if you enjoyed this episode of the Get Equip Podcast, uh please hit the follow button, leave us a kind rating or review in your podcast app of choice. Uh we also do have a Discord community where you can come by and talk to me and Nick. Uh not so much Isaac because he doesn't well, I might be around in the future. Okay, cool. I'll invite you, Space yeah, Cowboy. And, and follow me and my cats on uh none of the social media that we are on. Exactly. Yeah, you can you can find Nick on Twitter. Um, Nick, what was your Twitter one more time? Uh, Saxtastic Nick, uh, same as my Discord username, but you can find me there too. So, yep, yep. We will. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll be around. So, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening, Isaac, Nick. Thank you guys so much for joining me uh, for this episode. And uh, Cody, I, I love you, Nick. It was nice to meet you. Nice yeah, to meet you. All right. Everyone, all right, everyone, have a good night, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.